There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. happy, Alan. Everything's happy? Nice, happy thoughts. <laughs> what do you think of when you hear this song? Oh, I hear me. Yeah, you're in the background of this. Oh, I am? Oh, I have my mic up. Hold on. <laughs> what do you think of when you hear this? Uh, merry-go-rounds and I don't know what. That is incorrect. What am I supposed to think of? It is a guy with suspenders and a funny shirt and uh, a very pretty lady in a Jeep driving through Colorado. The guy, though... Oh, something's happening here. The guy... What's happening here? Check, check, check. Are you hearing something? Nope, I don't hear anything weird. So the guy in the situation, though... There's something special about him. Guess what it is? I don't know. Give you a hint. He has to kind of learn everything we do here. Even though he's in his... He's an alien? He's an alien. That's correct. Do you know his name? Is this like that Robin Williams show? Correct. This is Mark and Mindy. Okay. Those are the happy sounds of Mork and Mindy. It sounds lovely. Oh, Never seen it. At a happier time. 1978, 1979. Uh, so innocent and nice and free and tranquil. And Mork is... Um, um, Pam Dauber was very cute and pretty. It was such a fun, great time. Good. Hung I'm glad it buddy. brings you joy. Danny Smith, of course, lived in Melrose, <laughs> as you know, Danny. Oh... Who's now Danny Feeney down in uh, California? Good for him. Had a very pretty mother. Still does. Named Susan Feeney. Blonde. I thought she was very pretty. And I've liked people of that template, that look, ever since. I was not a sick thing. I was five. So, <laughs> I, but, but, you know, you can find certain kinds of people pretty. But anyway, it was just a nice, tranquil, silly show at a nice, silly time with all sorts of interesting co-host and guest stars a david letterman was in an episode before anybody knew who he was oh okay and anyway it was the it's one of the songs that i can think that that brings me to a place that's absolutely without angry noise which means which brings us to our man Vito. yeah under fire under fire today 
He's under attack. Yes, that is worrisome. So what's going on? Tell us what's going on with Vito. Well, various things. I mean, obviously, there's just a bunch of ignorant people on Twitter who like are blasting him for no reason. If you guys didn't get a chance to listen to our interview with him yesterday in that show, I definitely would. It's a fantastic um just he's such a good time he's so funny and interesting and his story of like how he ended up at this protest is interesting Mm -hmm. and his co-host taking a rubber bullet for black lives matter and everything else um (laughs) uh so that was great having him on and um but now you know leftists are discovering uh, that he was the person who was holding hateful signs at the uh, at the dave Chappelle netflix walk out so they're obviously really mad at him it was really hateful and this is all egged on by the news media and it's hard to imagine like for somebody who trusts the media i can't imagine how like radicalizing this must be you know if you really have like gone around believing that like you know the ap was reporting totally factually on the Ron DeSantis for Generon stuff and that, you know, Christina Pusha was just mean to them and the fact that she said drag them is actually, like, cutting into freedom of the press or something. Like, if you just think they're all neutral actors who are doing their best, then this must be shocking for you. But we have video of the entire encounter. We played it on our show yesterday. The video's been viewed millions of times online. Millions of people have literally watched this video now and seen this. And the media continues to absolutely just lie about what transpired. In fact, uh, the AP has as their image caption for the image of him standing there with a tambourine girl. They have an image, a photo of him through the tambourine on the tambourine girl when he's saying, I just love Dave Chappelle. Right. And the image is labeled, captioned on AP, so going out to dozens of local newspapers, including your local newspaper, all across America, I mean, dozens, hundreds, probably, of papers are running this photo with this caption. It says, comedian and videographer Vito Jaswaldi screams profanities as he engages with peaceful protesters begging him to leave (laughs) outside the Netflix building in the Hollywood section of Los Angeles. That's the AP staff photo that all these newspapers across America are subscribed to, that they're going to run that caption. Now he's screaming profanity. I mean, you can look at the video. I don't think he says a single profanity in it. They, on the other hand, were absolutely screaming right. profanities at him. The person with the tambourine is saying, repent, mf They're literally screaming profanities. Yes. And as he engages with peaceful protesters, engages, they assaulted his show co-host and took his sign and broke it in two right. and handed it to him. I'm just here to say that jokes are funny, people. Dave Chappelle, funny guy. I love Dave. I don't know why all the violence. I don't know why I hate. I just love Dave Chappelle. That's. You hear that person's on hook. That person's. That person needs right. a police officer to be there. <laughs> That's him. That's the guy, the violent guy, according to the AP. And of course, now that it's in the AP, mm-hmm. it's around the world. Oh, yeah. And so, and you have, they're not the only ones. Um, you know, Variety also ran a big story yeah. and had a big series of tweets that were completely the, the, untrue. They, what did they say? They um, rushed up against counter protesters, protesters. Something like rushed up against and they clashed. Or they cl- confronted them they or something. They rushed up against yeah. and they clashed. So they, um, here's the one that they have him. It's after he's lost the sign. So he looks like he's just, they're running up to him. But he mm-hmm. said, this is their tweet. They said, at times the Netflix walkout situation threatened to devolve as counter protesters pushed against trans speakers. Yeah. I mean metaphorically pushed but they were literally pushing him and his co-host so it seems odd a subset of counter protesters primarily composed of white women began shouting anti-trans remarks saying self-love not surgery which appeared to reference gender reassignment procedures but that's not about veto obviously but they're you know lumping all these the counter phrasing protesters a little bit down further together. the phrasing down there a little bit further is essentially says one protester f- thought he had a weapon so it's their way of getting it in Mm-hmm. That because it's irrelevant if somebody thought a stick was a weapon, right? 
that shouldn't make the copy. It shouldn't mm-hmm. make the the article. Yeah. So here's one person who apparently, seemingly from their tweet, is claiming to have been there, who tweeted out a photo. Here's a picture of LAPD having a conversation with one of the transphobic counter demonstrators today outside Netflix. Cops in the Klan go hand in hand. When in fact, it's Vito's co-host Dave reporting to the police that he was shoved into the concrete and almost got a concussion. Right. So he's over there explaining to the police that he was attacked and somebody's tweeting it and saying, see, the cops and these evil transphobic Klansmen are... You know, buddy, buddy. That's why we can't trust any. Like, just totally made up, insane narratives. Yep. And now he, Vito, before he's been suspended, right? And from Twitter, he was briefly. He's ba- he's back, I believe. He said, "Also, those peaceful protesters quote broke my bleep and tackled my buddy to the concrete. What a load of bleep!" He said, "Oh, oh great, it's Associate Press." So he's upset, maybe. Um. It's incredible, and so he is. He is. Uh... He is what? He. What are you reading? What's Share YT with the video? What's YT? Video? YouTube. Video. Okay. Uh, somebody says, "Just gonna say, you keep saying your YouTube video was comedy. In said video, you say how you were almost killed. Can you explain how both statements can be? Because from a rational point of view, those don't seem to go together." He said, me almost getting killed is funny. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how... There are some people saying... It's really hard if you're a public figure to win, like, defamation claims and stuff. You know, it's much easier if you're, like, yeah, Nick Sandman. But, you know, the fact that the AP has a photo of him and has it labeled and going out to every newspaper in the country saying he's screaming profanities when he absolutely was not screaming profanities at anybody seems like that could be actionable even as a public figure because it's just so so off base it's in it's incredible yeah i was just listening to the commentary podcast and they had the actually i should have thought of that they had the uh the guy who wrote and directed airplane on airplane Mm -hmm. from you know what 1979 or whatever And and he said that there was he said that this will pass. Absolutely. He said this will pass. And he said it will pass. uh, Essentially, this is what he said. He said this will pass as soon as we murder everybody who with no sense of humor, which was his way of also saying our joke you're not allowed to say, but making a point. Mm -hmm. So here's my feeling. Where does it come from, do you think? That people are, and I've seen guys I've used to work with, et cetera, I've seen this where they have these kids who turn out not attractive, who who make themselves embrace their unattractiveness, intelligent kids generally, Mm -hmm. who decide to go into these, who decide to live um, these kind of morose, just, just nasty lives. Mm-hmm. Like that thing yelling at Chappelle, I was yelling at uh, Vito yesterday. I don't even, I can't even identify what the hell that was. And I'm not trying to be a wise ass here. I don't know what that is. That per that person has so chosen to be physically and um, just personality wise mm-hmm. so repulsive that I can't even, I, I can't imagine what the value system is in that person's world. I can tell you that it ain't happy, sunshine, summer dresses, love, adventure, life. It's not that. It's totally playing defense, thinking you're playing offense. It's it ain't good. I don't care. I I I, and I don't. If I if I had a kid like that, I don't know what I'd do. But if it was somebody who was under eighteen, if over eighteen, I guess you're just screwed. But I would just say, like, dude. You don't want to be this. You don't want to live life as this. It mm-hmm. ain't great. The amount of joy and happiness you would get as that, even though I'm sure your mind will uh, you know, adapt a little bit so that you have some kind of um, system of validation, etc. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Right, it, yeah. It does. I think that a lot of that comes from sort of what what we had been talking about before about like a willingness to you know 
to not always do the easiest thing, to like not sit around at home on the sofa eating chips and reading fan fiction on the internet about like Harry Potter books or whatever, right? Like to actually be doing stuff and making things and getting out there and like... I don't know. I saw someone's tweet. No, I'm not going to be able to find it I mean, again. Just, where they said, like, just a quick reminder: like, if you've done any job today, then like, literally, whether it's like flipping burgers or pumping gas or like whatever, you've accomplished more and done more today than like all these like pundits sitting at home and punditing about stuff and the economy and whatever. Like, and and I think that there is something really to that 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 this stuff has value. You know, going out there and doing something and having to interact with people and like earn money and all this stuff. And like, you know, when we talk about the economy hurting or whatever, and people not having jobs and people getting paid to stay home, we forget that the cost isn't just like some dollar amount in the GDP, but there's a human cost. We create people who just like leech off of society aren't creating anything aren't doing anything aren't and and it robs them of dignity it's hurting them you know when you hand them that check to like sit on the sofa and not do anything it's hurting them more than it's hurting the rest of us you know it's not like it's some great benefit to society if they go out and work at mcdonald's like who cares right you know even though like that's the stuff the world is made of you know it obviously does benefit society but the biggest person that it hurts is them that's who it damages when we have a society of people that don't value you know taking the time to do stuff even if it's grunt labor but like, do anything, you know. Well, th- wouldn't write the, wouldn't, something, wouldn't tampine, per, tan, tambourine, tambourine consider themselves having done something? I mean, I guess they would, but I think that just comes from a place of such a lack of perspective of like what doing something is. Like to shake a tambourine in somebody's face and scream at them accomplishes nothing. Nothing. You haven't done anything. You didn't make anything. You didn't build anything. You didn't. Pre- protect anyone he didn't do anything to anyone wouldn't they say that they somehow are too victimized and too um burdened by issues and health issues whatever mental health issues certainly which is an easy go-to wouldn't they say that that they're that they're not given the privilege of being able to do something yeah but i mean the problem is that there's an audience there's a peer group Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. That's why they all hang out together. They're all freaking miserable. Miserable. Yeah. So this is a thread I saw today. Somebody on Twitter tweeted out, this has 20,000 likes on it. They were at some sort of like job orientation. And in the job orientation presentation, uh, there was this slide that he labeled, let's spot the ableism. Here's a slide from my first day of training at my ju- new job. Here's the slide. Things that require zero talent. Being on time, work ethic, effort, body language, energy, attitude, passion, being coachable, doing more, and being prepared. Can you spot the ableism? I don't get... Wait. wait. That slide is ableism. I'm not sure. So is it of that list... It's supposed something in that list is supposed the to the whole be? list is ableist. In case you are wondering, oh, I, why does it start out with here something that doesn't require talent? Because it, the list is saying like so. It's the job is saying here's a bunch of things you can do that don't require you having any special skills. Oh, okay. Be on time. Have work ethic. Body language, energy, attitude, passion. Being coachable, doing more, and being prepared. Okay. So the job is saying like these are all things you can do without talent like right you know special training or anything like you can do all this stuff uh so and the person tweeting is saying that that's ableist to say that that requires zero talent because they're unable to do those things because they're neurodivergent neurodivergent what does that mean neurodivergent means mentally not the same as a neurotypical person oh not what an awesome cop-out i would have used that absolutely then he writes day two i asked for accommodations and was told we have a lot of people here with adhd and they haven't asked for accommodations what kinds Uh, of things do you have in mind so many things he says i will gladly take a position as hr rep for neurodivergence so 
Mm-hmm. So what is this person? That person sucks. Mm-hmm. I hope somebody delivers that message to that person that they suck. I'm worried that somebody isn't delivering the message. The yeah, problem no. is he's mad at the slide. He feels that those are things that do require special skills and that to even expect people to be on time, have work ethic and a positive attitude are that that that's ableist to even expect that from your employees because only neurotypical people are able to do those things. Neurodivergent people just can't have a good attitude and be on time. I think there's part of this that is, <laughs> I think that part of this is, and this is just a, a new translation of that also the neuro- neurodivergent person mm-hmm. also feels, in a way, looks down on those things. Yeah. I'm really special. I'm smart. I'm very intelligent. I'm one of a kind. I'm me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm better than having to show up on time to make pizza. I'm better than having to, you know, have a positive outlook while I'm, you know, working, uh, doing oil change. I'm, I'm better than having to do that. I'm stooping here anyway. I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. I think part of that is that. Yeah. Which is like what you see when you have a lot of people who are entitled. And I've had jobs where I obviously had this. And I, I was it was below me that when I was 22 that I had to be doing this or that. You know, so I should have been handed a rock and roll contract mm-hmm. based on the no, the no work I did to get one because I was such a brilliant guy in my bedroom writing songs. I yeah. should have just been given all these things. Mm-hmm. So then there's like this whole argument in the replies where... Pe- a bunch of people are going, like, here's one. I have ADHD. Asking your employees to show up on time and to do good work isn't ableist. There's nothing wrong with the slide. You know what I do to show up on time? I set multiple alarms, so I always know what time it is. And he says, you realize how much effort that is for some people, right? You're agreeing that being on time doesn't come naturally to you. Yeah, you have a brain thing where you can't be on time. Look, a lot of people, all this stuff, I don't think the point of the slide was all that comes naturally to everybody all the time. No, what they're but doing is do the people do lazy people think that the people that are like working hard and busting their butts and like you know doing their stupid customer service job that they hate with a huge smile on their face just because they love it and it just comes naturally to them that they just are like that because they just without any effort at all like no you don't understand it's hard for me like no it's hard for those people too exactly. and they freaking do it like it's hard for nobody likes to show up on time everybody would like to hit snooze and sleep in right like that's it's i would say it's more neurodivergent to like have it to- come totally naturally to be on time right well there's a everybody reason- likes you know everybody likes slacking off it's right. not that's not divergent that is neurotypical yes there's We're a reason why they, there's a reason why a company a business has to compensate you because it's <laughs> make it's paying you to use you to do a whole bunch of crap you don't want to do yeah things that you don't just do naturally right you make money for that reason because exactly. if you just showed up naturally just you might do it for free <laughs> I know. I just naturally show up at the hotel really wanna, desk and really love helping I really want to jump in the shower at 5.53 every day when it's cold as hell and get in the car, which may or may not start, to try to trudge my way to my job that's going to suck for eight hours. That's what I really wanted to do. You probably wouldn't understand this because you're neurotypical, but for me, I actually like don't enjoy doing dishes. So I'm not into it. It's like our kids. They say that yeah. with a straight face. I hate cleaning. They also hate, they hate cleaning. I know. Was, we're like, yeah, we know. We hate cleaning too. That's why we make you help us. Like, yeah, like, but that's one thing because they're like six, right? Right. It's different with people who are supposedly fully grown adults who are applying for jobs who are like, you don't understand. It's like really difficult for me to be on time. My brain just like won't let me be on time. Well, at six, but at least they're honest and say they hate it. <laughs> they're not saying they're neurodivergent, and so it's harder for them. It uh, is. Uh, it, the, the problem is. I'm sure that, they would if they had that in their arsenal of things to tell us. So unless they want to go through, and now you've got friends who are who are like this. Yeah, I do. Who are just completely miserable. Oh, yeah, I have friends that have handicap placards. Who used to be, many of them used to be like really pretty girls. Um, and now are these are miserable, right? People who are barely 
uh, you know, recognizable, and all that stuff's out the window, and they've chosen a different path. Mm-hmm. Um, like at some point, at some point, this this life is permanent. At some point, there's no creating a life. Like I, I know friends of yours who now would be thirty four or whatever. Is it thirty four? Is that right? Yeah. Who have gone to good colleges, mm-hmm. but stand around, you know, screaming at people and holding tambourines instead, who have done nothing now. Nothing, really, with the degrees. A gig here, gig there, gig here, gig there. Right. So the, the problem is that you can't... At some point, they may want to not be a disgrace <laughs> and, and break into... The world of producers, of people who do, of winners. Mm-hmm. You know, a friend of mine, um, I won't say it, it's enough. Uh, but so, so at some point to do that, you need to have, you need to bring to the table the product, the wisdom, and um, the gained intelligence that you've gotten in knowledge. From your work product and the right. journey it took to get there, mm-hmm. but yeah. if not, then you've got you've got nothing. You can't just be forty and be around winners. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about I'm talking it's any kind of winner. I'm not talking about like anything doing what you want to do, doing it well, and being ha- you know anything like that. I mean, if you spend, if you spend a life at some point, you're not gonna. You're only going to be able to speak loser and miserable. Right. And so, okay. So two things about that. One is, have you ever heard of the book? Um, it was by an author called Barbara Ehrenreich. This was probably like 20 years ago. She wrote a book called Nickel and Dimed on not getting by in America. Mm. And she did like this undercover project where it was like, she's like this very degreed, educated person, right? Mm-hmm. And she wanted to see, like, if you could get by in America. So she went to three different cities, started out with, like, $1,000 in each city. Mm-hmm. I do and, remember this. And, like, to get, like, a, a just a minimum wage regular job. Like, in one of them, she was at Walmart. and another one, she might have been a cashier or something. I don't remember. But she got these, like, low-wage jobs. And the thing like I read it for a class at one point and she's a big lefty so her like thesis of the book was like you can't get by it can't be done like it's just impossible to live in America like this well like first of all yes it's extremely difficult to get by if you have no family and friends and you're starting from like total scratch with no savings Mm -hmm. or anything but most people have like a network of family around them and stuff they're not trying to like get an apartment just for one person you know on one person's minimum wage job you know you're that's like not the most realistic scenario but like i i mean maybe it happens okay so there's probably some people out there who end up in that situation through no fault of their own and it's going to be difficult for them to get by but one of the biggest things i remember from reading that book is that one of her takeaways was that her being like very degreed and educated and smart didn't like make her any better at any of the jobs than anyone else Mm-hmm. She was like, I still sucked at all these jobs. And nobody was like, oh, my God, what are you doing here? Like, you should be a manager. You know, like n- she wasn't recognized for not being a poor person idiot. Like she thought she ought to be. That people would be like, are you undercover? Like, right. But, you know, I think I do think it's interesting because I do think that. If you can't stand out at like a low wage job that there is something at somehow wrong with you because like doing well at jobs like that, like to work in Walmart and like become a department manager at Walmart requires mostly things that were on that PowerPoint, like being able to show up on time, being organized, like knowing what's going on, knowing what your schedule is, uh, you know, be well, having like good time right, time right. management and a positive attitude and like you have to have a, a a basic level acumen for basic tasks and organizational skills etc and right. in some management skills would have to be you'd have to have a mind for to at least do that but i'm not talking about when you say something's wrong with you 
I'm not talking about dumb people who just sometimes are just slack-jawed idiots who the the friolator is where it is. Then that's fine. But I'm there's also slack-jawed idiots about, who have a lot of degrees, I oh, guess is well, my point. <laughs> like, but I'm she's talking like, about the people who grew up in your town, in mm-hmm. Lexington, who come from, many of them, old money. Yeah. Who, who for the first time in the lineage, in that family of the Cabots and the, uh, you know, the Shaws and whoever mm-hmm. else they are, the first time they they are the the family tree has produced a an unproductive person who's only living off the fumes of the productive people before well yeah i mean so i think that but I mean, I think that woman, Barbara Ehrenreich, she's coming from like having a bunch of degrees and whatever. And well, like, but she did a social experiment. But what I'm saying is, like, the people who devote their lives to this, mm-hmm. those people who are yelling at Vito, most of those people, I guarantee you, have at least one degree, probably multiple degrees. Many of them, I know this for a fact. Many um, of the people in the social justice movements mm-hmm. are are rich kids, upper middle class. Yeah, but I think a lot of them also continue to be losers and work low-wage jobs and be baristas and stuff in some sense as a social experiment also. Like, they are... That's fine. They're, like, slumming, and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm one of the downtrodden poor, like... And that's a rite of passaging for a lot of kids, too, I think. It's it's very American-spoiled I'm going to organize the coffee bar... Right. No, I understand. I understand that. And usually, you can make the phone call to uh, Daddy at some point and say they're going to kick us out of our apartment. And he'll cover <laughs> you. Even the great Tom Shattuck was known to make a groveling uh, ask of his uh, of his father. But I'm. So what I'm saying is like, what what point? What, how do people then ever make the change? So I'm going to use a. a this is my my own thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I was so terrible. Um, I'm still not normal, and I'm not socially great in most situations. Sometimes I'm good. Depends. You're great. If the all people the are time. awesome, then it's all like I can hang out with our listeners because they're awesome and they can shoot the bleep about whatever. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that was hard to talk about to to do was to talk to family, friends, and especially prospective uh, love interests, and have real conversations when I was an abject loser. Because I had, I had nothing to talk about. I had not built anything. I had any wisdom from building anything. I had no position of prestige mm-hmm. whatsoever. It was obviously that I wasn't happy in my menial jobs that I was doing. Uh, so I, there was, there was nothing. I was nobody. I was a bunch of letters. That's it. You know, if I had died at 23, it would have just said Tom Shattuck, you know, died at 23. Well, thank goodness you had some more time well, no, to so make something of yourself. But, no, but the point is, is that at some point you have to do something to define yourself a little bit. I'm not saying that I have, you know, done anything huge, but I, I didn't do nothing eventually. It took me <laughs> till I was after 30 years old. And that's why I ask about your friends. Because, you know, even, even at the time when I got into, you know... It, media mm-hmm. i guess it doesn't need the quotes it is media that was a long shot my dad was worried when i changed my job from being a hotel concierge <laughs> to being a front desk receptionist he said he said tommy it's a little late to change careers and i thought wow one he thinks that concierge was a career <laughs> which it is a very good career for a lot of people but uh two it was like oh, wow is that true is it am is, i old now right is it too late you know you never know you know but well i'd say I'd say it's never too late, but it is something that it's it gets harder the longer you go without doing it. The longer you go without learning how to do anything, the easier it is to but just use continue the tambourine to stay. woman person as as an example. Right. The longer you flail around and go to protests and do tambourines and wait for your life to start, the the easier it is to just stay that person. The easier it is to find more reasons that the patriarchy and white supremacy and whatever are keeping you back and stopping you from doing stuff. I mean, like, whoever came up with all these, like, excuses to hand people ready-made for victimhood, like, they found a winning combination because people are more than happy to take excuses for, like, why they're victimized for stuff. Right. You know? 
Right. It's, like, it's very attractive and addictive, I think. Because doing nothing is more fun anyway. Like what you were saying, like everybody doesn't like to show up to work on time. Everybody right. has to put in effort to have a good attitude and everything. It, like that's, that's you know, nobody wants to do that naturally. But the things that come with that and the change that you work on yourself by doing that every day, by forcing yourself to get up and do things that you don't want to do every day and... You know, that's what allows you to live the life that you want to lead and be the person that you want to be. And like the more there are these forces out there telling you, like, you don't have to get out of bed. No, stay in bed. You're neurodivergent. No, no, you're a minority and white supremacy is holding in you back anyway. Things, so you might as well just stay in, in bed. All these things, neurodivergent like, and minority, these are all intersectional things. Unfortunately, they're attached to, um, you know, uh, to to pleasure uh you know senses well right the more things you get to be that's special guess what now i'm this 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 and this which yeah. is why i'm this so uh you know i can i can just be sedentary here and go yell at guys at protests here and that's mm -hmm. my action item that shows whatever other than that you know i have all these things so it just didn't work out even though i've got a uh a, a family in concord right. massachusetts it's never too late to change directions and well, there needs be, to be something different but it's to hard be, what's the thing you do when you bring all the friends over to tell me to stop drinking an intervention oh, yes there needs to be one of those for people yeah for each person needs one and well, each person like you have to you have to well, do no, stuff but these specifically there has to be one for these people who've gotten into this this miserable lifestyle this mm -hmm. woke protester victimhood lifestyle yeah i mean i would say that i think that um being married and having kids forces a lot of people to yeah, do that they, because kids don't care Alice, like Alice mm -hmm. they're not going to get to the phase to be eligible for any of that right. stuff they're too terrible right but like I think that having kids like I think one of the reasons it's good for you to have kids is because it forces you to like your kids don't care if you're neurodivergent they have to eat food in the morning well, when I they understand, get up but that, Alice so, like, but you but yeah, they're never going to get there. Tamarine girl's like, not going to have kids, right? Because so unless there's a, like a, a snake man out there who likes that, not going to happen. But there, yeah, there has to be something that forces people that like gives people some reason to do that, you know. And and I think for a lot of people, there isn't. Well, I think a lot of parents see their kids turning sideways like that. Who's the latest? Jamie Lee Curtis now. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It has a trans kid now, and she's not. Maybe the kids. Maybe the kids fabulous and happy. Maybe maybe some people I've seen are not, but parents I think are unfortunately, and especially educated parents mm -hmm. are so far have gone so adrift from uh, their instincts, their parental instincts, yeah, and have so taken the advice of high priced know it alls and credential, uh, you know. Um, credentials soothsayer is it soothsayers? Soothsayers, yeah. Is that worth that fit here? Yeah, it's like a fortune teller. Oh, okay, doesn't really fit, but I'll take it. <laughs> uh, you know that 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 they eschew their um their instincts, and these instincts are considered kind of a gauche. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're letting, so they're nurturing it, thinking, okay, I'm doing the right thing, I guess. Even though you know Jenny is now four hundred mm -hmm. pounds and you know is indecipherable as a human at this point. Uh, you know, I, I just got to nurture and make sure Jenny's happy. The problem is a lot of these people with the credentials are absolute activists and true believers, too. Well, yeah, and just... Which is why people are trying to chase down Abigail Schreier and ruin her life. Well, yeah, I mean, the, but the people, really smart people can also just be wrong sometimes. They're, of course, yes, they're <laughs> wrong. Everybody knows that. The basic things in life, I mean, God, what, it's ter it's like... You're just you're just depriving people, and, you know. And once again, just using just small. <clears throat> you're not doing anybody a favor if you've got a kid who's really fat and you're feeding him the stuff that he loves, and he says thank you so much, you know. Mm -hmm. Or if you got a husband, for instance, who's <laughs> five I keep feet in, eat pasta. five feet in front of you right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm not helping you, and I let you eat. But it. I but but I've lived a life. I've been. Th I know it. I've written. I know the whole thing. I've been through whatever. Right. But if I had never ever in my life ever, and I'll take some crap for this. If I had never had a time in my life where I was a young, good-looking guy and never knew what that was, you had. Been, yeah. Right. But yeah. if I had never, I have. 
Yeah, Believe yeah, it or not, okay. there are some pictures in the 90s where you say, you know what, that's actually a feasibly handsome fellow. Some. I believe it. Yes, of course. Um, but if I had imagined having never mm-hmm. had that, how must that change you? And that, for these people, I think not only have they, many of them never, you know, been physically attractive or not for years, but but just personality-wise have not been, they have not been allowed themselves to blossom whatsoever mm-hmm. it's so miserable it's, it's actually depressing i want to like go back in time with with Tambourine in person and say what, what where was the time mm-hmm. where this happened to you that you're this miserable that you're spending your time you know yelling losing your bleeping mind at a guy in a good mood holding signs like e- e- at least a big idiot sign bully who ripped <laughs> the sign he seems to like have been he's an idiot but he seems to like have T- sampled happiness at one time in his life. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. So I just my worry is that that some that you can't. I I I mean these kids will tampering. They will inherit their parents' cash and houses, money, etc. But they ain't making anymore. Mm-hmm. So maybe those uh, trust funds are in doing well and paying dividends, etc. But if this stuff grows, if this spreads, if this becomes... Well, yeah, it's totally... It's a malaise. It's a rot yes. in your society. And, like, you can't... It is spreading. It is spreading. First, it was just on college campuses. And we were told, oh, it's just on college campuses. No big deal. Yeah, they have the puppy safe spaces on the college campus. Yeah, they have trigger warnings on stuff on the college syllabus. That's never going to spread out to society at large. Well, like, now look. It's in your workplace. It's everywhere. Like, it... And it's... It's going to get worse before it gets better because the people in college now who are even more crazy aren't even out in the workforce yet. So, yeah, this has to be stomped out by the remainder of Gen X and like the the millennials that aren't insane before it gets before it progresses further, because this is this is cancer in your society. And these people, it would be one thing if they were just completely nihilists or anarchists, but they're not. They are wholly tethered to progressivism which is now completely installed into institutions and including the biden administration Mm -hmm. so they are getting intravenous drip of this craziness from the administration from tony blinken who we said yesterday said to everybody we're gonna celebrate z's and z's from the state department yeah, it was International so, Pronoun Day yesterday. It's a total validation of all of this insanity that they're about. Totally. Joe Biden today. The United States intelligence community, domestic terrorism from white supremacists is the most lethal terrorist threat in the homeland. To that end, our administration is carrying out the first ever comprehensive effort to tackle the threat passed by domestic, posed by domestic terrorism. In- there just aren't that many white supremacists, right? But the, so that, so in other words, all those people, tampering girl is seeing that and saying, you know what? Yeah, see, the old white dude and the lame government guy in the suit, he wouldn't just be saying it. They believe this crap and this gaslighting, and they take this stuff as the truth. The woke people certainly do. You can say that some people in the middle don't, but when the uh, first ever black uh, deputy press secretary, I think it's technically the second, but we're not allowed to say that. Uh, it says this. Uh, you guys say that President Biden does not want to raise taxes on anyone making less than $400,000 a year. But there's a new Fox poll that finds 83% of registered voters are noticing bills for groceries and everyday items increasing. So how is that any different than a new tax? Well, look, and when you say... Can you give me a little bit more? Like, what's the... Well, the supply... She's... The gaslighting? What? What do you even... What do you even... So when you say tambourine girl and you say, you know, they're going to take more money for you from you while they're giving this stuff away ostensibly in your name. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you... No, I saw the press secretary. She didn't know what he was talking about. She didn't mm-hmm. know. Chain is all backed up. There are bottlenecks. Empty shelves. Prices going up. People are paying more. And so how is that any different than a new tax? So I, I would say this, um, you know, 
we are we're dealing with a historic and evolving uh, pandemic that is impacting our economy. She was, you know, you know, burning time earlier, asking the follow up question until she mm-hmm. could get to the right page, this page. And now she's reading this. Right. We have seen it for the past year and a half. That's what people have been dealing with. And uh, it is it is having an outsized impact on our global supply chain. And the president understands how much a, a squeeze it is uh, for when uh, families see their prices rise. And so he understands that. And that's why he's we've been using every tool in our tool belt to make sure uh, that uh, we deal with that in a, in a real way so that people understand that the president is doing everything that he can uh, to deal to deal with those issues. So there's a couple of things. Um, so we got to think about the, the progress that we've made on how oh. far we've come for the for the for the mess that we oh, inherited. No, no, but he asked about the prices on shelves being high. So people, uh, especially disadvantaged people, can't afford stuff anymore. I had on a guy in Connecticut today. I'm not sure if I told you who runs a toy store. Mm hmm. And they're going out of business now. They just opened the toy store this year because of supply chain chain problems. Some of the stuff that used to cost them uh, three ninety nine or whatever, you know, costs like seventeen bucks now for right. them, and they're supposed to pass that on. To- yeah, they can't. No, it, it won't sell at those prices, obviously. <clears throat> right. <clears throat> so- from the previous president, uh, we we already- from Trump did it. Oh, so I mean. The problem is, is that this is another factor. This bleeds in to those miserable tambourine people. They're getting all this information as well. And it's telling them that uh, not only to fear, to be mm-hmm. more afraid, because white supremacists, you know, and yep. in, in, the, in the intersectional worldview, that's perfect, because that's going to be the enemy anyway. Right. But it's also telling them that the things that they should be worried about that actually affect day-to-day things, kitchen table things. Don't bother looking at those. There's nothing wrong. Nothing's happening. Global yeah, supply and chain if pandemic, there is Trump anything happening, it's definitely Trump. Right. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because uh, the stuff wasn't happening under Trump. Um, it is going to be interesting to see what happens with the supply chain stuff. Certainly the inflation is not going anywhere, and um, it's... It's a really big problem. And, you know, the press secretary likes to sit here and say, like, oh, well, that's a good problem to have because demand is back. Yeah, demand is back because you handed everybody a bunch of cash and now they're trying to buy the same amount of stuff that was there before. Or maybe even less stuff because of the supply chain problems. So that's what's driving prices up because everybody now has more money in their hand because you just handed everybody a bunch of cash. And their solution to this problem is to hand people more cash? Like... It's that I don't know on what planet they're existing, but like, look at what happens to like the price of college or the price of houses or everything else when they like just hand people money like this with like from the government, no strings attached. It's crazy. Like, that's the stuff that the prices go up. And now they're just when you start handing out cash, it happens with everything. It's really like unhealthy for the economy overall, I think. Um, but, oh um, man! In case um, you, uh, in case you are wondering too, by the way, this was just one tidbit that I happened to see today. Um, this is from uh, Danielle Campo Amor, who's an editor and writer at New York Times, Washington Post, NBC News, etc. She's um, a very smart person, and she's writing. Friendly reminder: It is super easy to explain abortion to kids. My seven-year-old knew what it was and that his mom had one when he was four. Mom was pregnant when she didn't want to be, and a doctor helped her. Then she was pregnant when she wanted to be, and she had me. So There you go. Perfect. That's, I like taking... Timing's that. everything, kid. <laughs> good thing it wasn't your turn. <laughs> wow. So that's good. That's not insane well, you know and psychotic what? at all to explain well, to your kids is- that they only are here because you didn't kill them. I well, that is obviously <laughs> psychotic. <laughs> But when it, they were four, I could have killed you, but I decided not to. Like what? But you know, it is absolutely honest. Yeah, it's honest. like freaking. And then that's the point with, with you know most whatever. I'm not going to get into it. It's. Uh, <sighs> I hope she helps them pay for their therapy later. <laughs> Can you imagine that? It's like lunacy. Yeah, here's all the uh, pictures of the brothers you don't have. Yeah, we just could have gone either way, but we thought eh, no. So. 
Enjoy that. Yike, 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 yike. All right, uh, Allie. I'm official. St. Pauli girl. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. You've More already like been there. More like pizza maker. But Will you stop it. You wear a very low cut, very busty uh, dress. Kind of, <laughs> no, I don't. I wear a like black female kitchen Think, guys. Think like, of I wear a European black vacation. Jacket. What Rusty is mm-hmm. doing when the bells ring in the That's German village. That is happening. precisely That's the situation not what's here. That's happening. But I filled out a W two. Oh, so now wow. don't, don't brag, Alice. Don't brag. <laughs> now that we've just spent a, a uh, forty five minutes telling people to overachieve. <laughs> I think it's great that you're doing it. I think it's wonderful. When I get fired from my radio job, I hope to work with you there <laughs> in my leader hosen. Good, I hope you do. I'd be good at it. I'm sure you would, honey. Um, you can talk to us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pub or also at Burn we Barrel. We were telling people to overachieve for 45 minutes. No, we were telling people to right. do something, something real, anything, do whatever makes you happy that produces something for yourself. So you have something to talk about, anything that makes you happy. Yeah, do anything, but just do it. Properly. Don't shudder the guy with a tambourine. If you're over 25 and you find yourself uh, holding a tambourine more than once a year, then, <laughs> you, then it's time for the a unidin. Well, I What's used to, I used you, to do you a tambourine dance in my... What? It's time for a unidin. Intervention. Intervention. That's right. <laughs> I used to do a dance with a tambourine at my um, Serbian Alice, dance Alice, don't work blue again. That's Stop not it. blue. Yes, it was blue. It was yes, not Yes, it blue. was blue. She was not wearing clothes during this. Was, this no, a, I was wearing a lot of clothes, Anyway, burnbarrelpodcast.com. Um, what else am I trying to say? Facebook.com slash burnbarrelpodcast. We're on Gab. We're on Parlor. We're on like all the places where you can have stuff. YouTube, Rumble. Oh, Jesus. We're so behind the Substacks. Okay. Did I'll finish mine. Today? I started it today. Okay. okay. Beautiful. See you later. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.